Hi everyone, you're listening to the Real Life No Filter podcast. I'm your host, LG, and today I'll be speaking to Laz about a career in tax, specifically transfer pricing. So Laz is a transfer pricing manager at a big four firm and is perfectly placed to share some insight into his career development and journey to his current position. So without further ado, let's get started. Laz, so excited to have you with us today. Ah, it's great to be on. Thank you so much for inviting me um, to chat with you, Leila. I'm super excited to, to you know, just get this conversation going. And and yeah, I I, I am really thankful that you that you invited me on. Um, I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so my first question for you is, uh, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Um, so when I was growing up, I had an assortment of different careers that I wanted to be. I remember one day I'd want to be a teacher and another day I'd want to be like a firefighter, you know, sort of the <laughs> stereotypical <laughs> jobs that kids want, you know. Yeah. But one of the earliest memories that I have where I really thought that, okay, this is what I want to pursue is um, being an actor. Um, so I was really into drama when I started, um, you know, drama and theater at school. This is around about the age of like 10 or 11. And at that time, I remember thinking to myself, that I really wanted to be an actor and specifically I wanted to be an actor on Generations which was <laughs> a really popular show at that time <laughs> so yeah. the creative bug in me you know wanted to sort of be on the on the silver screens on people's um, tv screens every night um, so yeah that was my my ambition when I was younger <laughs> wow I do remember Generations actually it brings back a lot of memories <laughs> Not sure if it's our age, but <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. Like we we just told ourselves with regard to just how old we are. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, that's interesting. So I mean, like, why wouldn't why didn't you pursue that further, or you were just like, okay, I need to get realistic and. Oh no, very very valid, very valid question there. So. I um so after I had quote unquote discovered what I wanted to be as a child, you know, I still partook in a lot of like um drama activities at school or things very um similar to it. So for example, I used to partake in the and like poetry recitals at schools, mm. like playing part of the Eisteddfods and then also taking mm. part in like school plays and stuff. That was something that I really enjoyed doing. But um after I got into high school, um of course I still did, you know, participate in my um acting activities um, at school and stuff but mm -hmm. as I was getting closer to to university I remember having a chat with my with my parents and they were like okay so what do you want to pursue and um, and you know of course I did mention drama being one of my many things because I did have multiple interests to be honest with you yeah. not only was I really into like drama but I was also I was interested in academic work you know I mm -hmm. did enjoy a couple of subjects at school so so, you know, my parents sat me down and just asked what I wanted to do. Granted, again, I mean, as a, <laughs> what, 17, 18 year old, I really didn't really didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I had mentioned all these things that 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 interested me. And, you know, my parents were like, you know, le um, let's 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 go for something that is, quote unquote, safer. And, you know, the perspective that they were coming from is that, like, it would be easier and I put that in quotation marks to find let's say a job after university if I study something more um more academic from their perspective rather than a rather than something that's more in the creative field because from their point of view 
they felt that you know the the industry that being the the the, the acting industry or the drama industry isn't as um settled as let's say a traditional corporate career if I could put it that way mm -hmm. so that weighed on my mind um and of course it did have a huge factor in me ending up choosing what I studied as opposed to acting um the creative bug still lives there but you know um, I made my for the moment. It's, it's, it's a bit dormant it's a bit dormant yep uh, but manifesting itself in different ways in my current career but yeah yeah no, that's cool I feel like I can relate to that a little bit because I remember when I was growing up I was like this is gonna sound funny for like a lady to say this um but like I was a big fan of WWE so like wrestling oh yes yes, <laughs> yes Raw Smackdown yes. right <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch, well, is it Raw, WWE Raw or something on a Sunday? Yes, yeah. And I would always tell yeah. my mom, like, you know, and I, when I would see the, the lady, the female rather, um, wrestlers come out, I'm like, shucks, you know, I want to be like that. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so right. cool. So, and I, I would always tell them I want to be a, a wrestler when I come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm laughing about it now because it sounds crazy. But yeah, no, it's just like, you know, when you're young, the world just seems so big and there's like so much that you can do um right yeah. mm. to your conversation with your parents and all of that what did what did you end up leaning towards in terms of your degree yeah so i had um i had a little bit of a unique experience when it comes when it comes to my um educational journey so i actually um I completed both high school and university um, in America. Um, and so when I actually was going or transitioning over into university, I had to select my major um, uh, at the university that I was going to. So again, I ended up choosing um, economics as a major. I did a BA, a Bachelor of Arts in Economics, which is quite um, interesting because I didn't do a lot of courses that were actually like, you know, traditional BCom course. So I, let me say that I didn't only do courses that were traditionally BCom. In addition to some of my um, economics modules that I did, I did some courses in humanities. Um, mm -hmm. I actually even got to do some courses in drama. I took yeah. some drama modules, <laughs> which was pretty cool that that little um, creative flame in me didn't completely die out in yeah, university and also did other things such as like political science so I at least like in so the kind of university that I went to was known as a liberal arts college um, in in the uh, um, in the U.S. and I luckily enough was afforded the opportunity to sort of like dabble in other in, in, in other fields besides just purely doing like economics or commerce related um, or commerce related mm -hmm. um, um, subjects so yeah so it it actually ended up turning out really well for me because yes, granted, I got my uh, my appropriate training for like economics and sort of like you know that's that field, but I also got exposed to like other disciplines which I funnily enough can like apply or it gives me a different perspective when I think about like problems. You know, I don't mm -hmm. just come there from a purely like um economics view, but I also just think about like you know the the other um disciplines that I did. So it um yeah a unique experience, but I think it ended up going well um and especially for someone like me with multiple interests it actually was almost the ideal situation yes yeah and i think i like that because i mean i also did economics but i did like economics and stats and those were my two majors but i think they were so purely finance focused more commercial like the commerce right but i think with you it's nice that you had like touch points into different other other disciplines so i think it gave you a bit of more of like a 
a bit of a broader view as opposed to just like for pure commerce focused right i think that that's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. no it, it 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 was a pretty it was pretty like um it was a pretty cool experience. I mean, at the time, don't get me wrong. I mean, one of the subjects that I actually did during my first year was biology. And I'm not naturally a science, like a science person, but my school had particular requirements in that they wanted people to immerse themselves in as many different subjects as possible. So when I did biology at the time, I was like, oh my goodness, this is just way too much for me. But now, of course, um, with um, with hindsight and everything, I kind of think that that was a cool experience. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's studies in the US, you moved back to South Africa here, um, or did yes. you start working in the US? Um, so I moved back to South Africa right after I'd completed my degree. Mm -hmm. um, so this was, yeah, so this was, I had finished um, my degree in about like June of that year. And then I moved back to South Africa after about like two months of being in the US, just sort of unwinding after my university experience. And then, um, of course, like flying down to South Africa to start my career. I decided to to start my career from home. Um, it was a bit easier to do that yes. um, and then just sort of build up from there. Yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. So from drama to economics to where you currently are today, which is like in the tax field, um, it's quite a, <laughs> it's quite big leaps, eh? From like just thinking about it, drama, economics, and now you're like now you're settled into like tax, and more specifically like transfer pricing under the big tax, the tax umbrella. Um, so I mean, how has your transition been from let's say studies to straight into the work field? Mm, um, so I have been in my field now for about five and a half years. Um, so that is now quite some time to, you know, be able to get some experience and just to be able to also reflect on the journey. Um, when I first started, if I just take my mind back to five and a half mm -hmm. years ago, I remember, um, you know, just being fresh out of varsity and the, like, to be very honest with you, like when I started, I had a lot of like imposter syndromes. Like, you know, I want to be as honest as possible. Um, I felt that because I was coming from a different discipline, i.e. a non-tax discipline, I was really afraid that I my, my knowledge would not be sufficient. I was always like thinking to myself that, oh my gosh, like, you know, why did these guys hire me? Like, I just feel like a fish out of water right now. Like, you know, and at that time, it it, it added that extra pressure to sort of like, you know, um, to show that I deserve a place within the team. I really wanted to like work and prove that towards the team members. So, you know, I don't know if it is just because I was like brand new into the working environment or whether I was like brand new into the field. I don't know what to really attribute it to, but for the first like couple of months, that's really something that I had to deal with. And, you know, I think that one has to deal with, with whatever transition anyone is doing in life, you know, you always have to deal with some sort of like oddities or any funny things like that. Yeah. But for me, you know, coming from like university into the working environment, I definitely felt that, you know, I was, I was in a different, different playing field. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, 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 it was quite a lot. And it took some time to really get used to and comfortable in, in, into the field I was in and also being comfortable within the team and then knowing like my place within the team and what I can contribute and what value I bring to it. Um, that was, it was quite some time until I got to that point, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, especially like, cause it's so new, right? I think stepping into like the working place, it's like this another world. Um, so your whole mindset needs to change. I mean, from economics 
to text, it's actually not, they're not so different, right? I feel like you don't necessarily have to have studied text to be, let's say, in a transfer pricing role. Um, I, I agree. I agree with that completely in that like transfer pricing, I think is a unique discipline within tax, um, fortunately for me. <laughs> um, but what, so what is really nice, what I like about transfer pricing is that I feel like it's a combination of like, you know, tax, um, economic principles, and then also like the legal field. So that like, not only am I getting to be able to apply what I learned from an economics point of view, but also I'm getting to learn a lot from that like legal and tax perspective there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's really been like um, fortunate for me in that transfer pricing is because it's like a multidisciplinary um, field of tax, if I could call it that. Um, I felt that it's been very dynamic for me. Not only has it been easier to sort of understand for me, but also um, I, it doesn't feel as daunting as it would have been, let's say, if I had gone into another like purely tax team. I think that would have been a very different situation. But I'm not saying that I would have crashed and burned if I was in another tax team. But, yes, yes. you know, I think it would have been a different a different story that, that we're telling today. Um, so, yeah, transfer pricing, like it, it, it did really help in that... Um, at least there was something that I was like kind of familiar with is within getting into this field. And I think that maybe even motivated me to like stay longer and to like be willing to learn more about um, the the speciality that is transfer pricing. Yeah. I feel like you and I are quite similar in that sense, because I mean, we both did economics and we both started. Okay. For, I mean, there's a slight exception for me, but I mean, we both worked in the transfer pricing field um and i think for me also like i was quite nervous being like i have no tax background and i have no accounting background um i mean i did accounting in first year but i think that's as far as i went from an accounting perspective um so i mean i think the nice thing about being in transfer pricing is that you can learn on the job in a way yep um and also that you can bring in a bit of your economics mind to your work, right? Because yes, it is tax and there are like rules and regulations, but I think you can also apply the economics and the macroeconomic circumstances around, let's say, whatever industry, your client projects, whatever the case is that you're working on. So I think from that perspective, it's a good, um, it's a good mindset to have. So um, true. Add to that, I was just going to say that, like you know, especially that point where you talk about the macroeconomic, um, let's say the macroeconomic circumstances that you know um, a lot of the people that we assist with transfer pricing analyses or queries with that comes into play a lot. Um, and I, I particularly enjoyed macroeconomics in my um, during my studies, and I think that's why I was also naturally drawn to transfer pricing. pricing yeah. The nice thing about transfer pricing is that you you learn so much on the job if I could you know just talk about my own personal experience mm -hmm. I would say that I think I learned 95% of the stuff that I do on the job um, which yeah. is which which again just to let people know that it's not such a daunting thing to join like it's actually quite um, it's kind of cool that one can come with whatever experience or background that they have and then you know be able to succeed in the field of transfer pricing. I don't think it's discriminatory in that sense that, you know, you purely have to have X, Y, Z in order to succeed. I think that it's a very flexible field and allows anyone who has an open mind to be able to be successful in it. Yes, yeah, that's true. 
that's true um so i think from there like i'm very curious to know um like what are the what is like your favorite parts about being in this industry because i mean you know transfer pricing you could do it in-house and you could also do it i guess from a consulting perspective right so i mean we both come from consulting backgrounds i mean what's the best thing about practicing transfer pricing or like the, the work i should say Yeah. Um. So I think that I it's it's a, it is a little bit difficult for me to pinpoint one exact favorite thing about the field about you know the work that I do every day and stuff. But if I could just like talk about like maybe um I I would say that part of the part of what makes being in transfer pricing fun is this field is a is a very dynamic one in that things are. always changing if you had if you did transfer pricing 20 years ago and it stopped 20 years ago and then tried to come back into it today you'd probably you'd it's basically you're doing a new discipline you know or like you know a lot so, so much has changed within the field and there's like new things coming out from the oecd and from different jurisdictions and yeah. what i like about that is that it makes my job um different every day i'm not doing sort of the same thing constantly constantly like you know i'm not doing like let's say um like constantly doing just like one return that net like let's say a tp return or something like that every single day that's just oh every single year and nothing yeah. really changes you know like you know you with, with with like clients for example like work if you let's say if you work in the consulting industry and doing transfer pricing consulting with your clients they may have like specific like transactions that may not change from year to year but the way in analyzing them might change as a result of a change in a country's like legislation or regulation regulation or how things are interpreted so like you know it's it, it just keeps us on our toes as a consultant yeah. um it really makes us um be on top of researching the most contemporary information and i guess for me i like i like doing research i think that's one part of like university that i also miss a little bit was just the research component and when i find out that i have to like research a new be it let's say a new um uh, something new from the oecd which like sets a lot of the precedent for transfer pricing rules in different jurisdictions like if that comes out and i see how will that affect number one the jurisdiction that i'm working and which is south africa of course and then also how will it affect my clients in their different industries and it's never going to be one answer fits all yes um it's always going to be like you know you have to take into account the specific circumstances of one person working in this other industry and so you may get a completely different answer for another person working in another industry and i think that's cool yeah. like it just, again it just keeps us on our toes it just yes, keeps the yeah. job dynamic you know yeah. and i think i would say that that's my favorite thing about the work i again i've been in transfer pricing since i started um, my working career which has been about over five years now and i don't i don't see myself changing disciplines anytime soon i'm still really satisfied with with the developments in transfer pricing yeah i think that's cool because it's always i guess like maybe i can say the, the pros rather of of being in this field is the constant learning and the challenge right because clients industries i mean conditions in the industries in which our clients operate change or like there's new legislation or you know maybe there's some global changes that filter down to each country there's always something new that you need to upskill yourself in and you need to be able to obviously explain it or you know communicate it to other stakeholders so i think the big pro is the is constantly keeping yourself challenged and upskilled
yeah that is a hundred percent correct there right. that's hundred percent correct and i and yeah and i think that i don't know it just i i feel like it um it it, it keeps our brains healthy in that we yes. always have to deal with these new challenges you know um <laughs> yeah. it's um things are never um never never one one size fits all sort of approach mm. okay yeah that's true um so if we had to flip the coin and then look at the cons <laughs> and it's a, bit mm -hmm. of a, a hard one but um yeah. what are the what are some of the cons you you feel and then i'll also just chip in from my experience as well mm. yeah no i'd say like some of the cons as much as i love the job that i do and sort of like love the industry and i've just been singing its praises so much right now uh, they're definitely cons it's not all rosy and perfect um so for example especially like you know from my perspective i'm coming from a transfer pricing consulting um perspective it the pressure can be a lot you know you are of course like working with many different clients it's not only you know just um sort of like um one thing that you have to worry about but rather like demands from different clients and sometimes they may have needs that align at the same time so one of course needs to um oh, that of course apps the pressure for someone to fulfill the the deadline for both clients you know to make sure that both of them are satisfied um so and, and you know the consulting industry i think is infamous for um you know having well for being a very high pressured industry and for being very demanding on the people yeah. who work in there. I think that I can I can um, relate to that, and I think that that is a reality experienced by many people, myself included. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, um, but of course, every industry or every place has its has a specific cons. But I think that the the pressure and what is really demanded from 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 consultants can be can be quite a bit and we have like our periods where like for example you know we work based off or of, well, a lot of the job like you know i'm um, not only do we do consulting but we also assist clients with their transfer pricing compliance needs and you know a lot of the compliance needs will be due let's say um at the end of a financial year of a client so let's say if many of our clients will have a financial year of falling on the same day and we of course have to have all of those things completed for everyone on that day that can be quite cumbersome and yes. you know very um it can, yeah it can be very anxiety inducing as well um in that you know you want to of course give the best you want to give your best services to everyone that you serve but of course we need to be realistic about can this possibly be humanly done so it does help to have a team around but you know those those pressures of course naturally come in yeah no i can relate to that i agree i think from my perspective um from being in consulting as well i think for me a con would be it's just the pressure i think that consulting is a fast-paced high turnaround um rather quick turnaround times um you need to and you need to work on multiple clients and you need to be able to manage different clients as well um and i think that also just speaks to you helps you progress i think it, i say it's a con but i think it's also a big personal development um enabler in the sense of being mm -hmm. being able to manage different clients manage different needs being able to multitask those are i think you learn different skills from being able to to navigate those different those different areas um, so, I mean, it's a con, but I think it's also, it also helps you develop in a way. Um, but yeah, you just can't get around the, 
there will always be late hours. It's not a it's necessarily a eight to five or a nine to five job. <laughs> um, on your lucky days, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, you you would possibly work into the evenings. <laughs> um, and I think it's just part of the role. It's part of the job. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I think I used to thrive on that. Some people thrive on that, you know, the, the pressure, the, the high intensity. Um, but yeah, but also like others need a bit more of a work-life balance. I think it also just depends on what, on where you're at, I guess. I, um, I a hundred percent relate there, especially when you just said on like thriving when the pressure is kind of up there. I think that's something that um being in this industry has also taught me to succeed in. Um, I, I I like to think that I am um I'm very productive when um a lot is being asked from me. Um, of course, in the moment, like it's uh, it feels like you know feels like the world is crumbling down and the sky is falling. Yeah. But um. I find that I, you know, I, I get a lot done when a lot is asked from me. And I'm the kind of person who also, like, when there's not a lot on my plate, um, I it, it kind of feels weird, you know, because you're just so used to that quick turnover. And then you're like, okay, why are things so slow? Like, you know, what's happening? Yeah. I think that's the mindset that um, consulting has also got me into. <laughs> no, I, I feel that, actually, because um, it's like you're always itching for more in a way i mean you appreciate downtime but you when it's downtime you're like this i, I should be doing something <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no that was actually my next question was around when do you feel most productive but i guess you're saying is you thrive better uh, under pressure or is it a bit yeah under it's a bit of a balancing act. I'd love to elaborate on that point there. Um, so yeah, when I am under pressure, I feel that I do thrive a lot. Um, so for me particularly, so uh, again, it, this very much so pertains to me. I have a, let's say like December is a very busy time for me because that's when a lot of our clients will have their transfer pricing needs. Like, you know, they, they, they will need those to be like, um, to be satisfied and stuff. So December period is a very hectic time for me in my experience. And, um, but during that time, I find that I get so much done because it's almost like one almost becomes machine-like in that it goes in or input, output, input, output, yeah. input, output. But of course... That being said, that leads to my favorite time, which is the December break, because of course we get a break in December where we can just get to unwind and just get to relax from the year. And I think that's the time for me to recharge and get ready for the year ahead. Mm -hmm. So I feel that I am most productive and thrive under those situations, but it is of course a balancing act. If I didn't have the long December break to be able to charge my batteries, I would be a shell of a human being going into the next year and I would become such an unproductive person. So work-life balance is something that I value a lot. Um, as hard as I work, I also chill as hard, <laughs> just yes. as hard, you know? Um, and I do appreciate that downtime and downtime and think that one needs to have that balance in order to have a sustainable career in the consulting field. Like one can't always be operating at 100% because that's when burnout happens and you're inviting burnout to happen when that, well, I mean, just again, from my perspective, mm. from my point of view, you know, you're inviting burnout if you are always working at 100% and you never give yourself that time to just like switch off and to recharge your batteries. I value that so much.
Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think for me, I, it's, I sometimes wonder when does burnout hit, right? Because I mean, you could be like, let's say for example, if you haven't taken some time off or you haven't taken leave in a few months or, and it's just been very busy for you, like, how do you, I've always struggled to identify, okay, like, you know, I'm reaching a point where I'm potentially burnt out. I'm a bit lacking that drive, lacking that little push, you know, to get through the day. Um, but yeah, I think it's also just important to identify when, when it's time for you to just, you know, um, zone out for a little bit and then come back refreshed. Yeah. I think work-life balance is very, very important. As I have been very lucky, if I can say that, to have witnessed your, your career progression. <laughs> um, and I just, wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to get from you. Um, cause you know, a lot of people that could be listening to this, maybe other, like either in a very junior level or like a semi-junior level moving into, let's say mid-manager level or whatever that is, you know, people in different, different levels of their professions. Right. And I mean, you've started in this field as a junior, obviously for you, you're coming straight out of university. So you're starting at a very like junior level and you've been able to, over the five odd years, um, you've been able to like progress, move up in terms of levels and in terms of experience and exposure, like how, what has given you, or rather, how have you been, how have you kept yourself motivated, you know, to like, to keep your eye on the prize, so to say, I mean, you know, it's, it's always a very fulfilling feeling to reach a manager role, um, or to reach manager level, but it's like, you know, there are points where you feel a bit of a dip you know, and stuff. So how do you always, how do you keep yourself motivated, um, through like, let's say challenging various challenges? Mm. Mm. That's such a valid and relevant question because there's been so many times where I just wanted to throw my hands in, up in the air and just walk away from it all. Um, I'm sure many people can relate to that in very different, um, fields, um, not only in just transfer pricing and consulting, but in fields that look very different from, from the one that I'm in. But for me, what really motivated me to sort of build upon this career and to like, you know, have the journey from being a junior, um, you know, straight out of varsity as a university and then like, you know, coming to the position that I'm in as a manager. I'd say for me, it's, uh, and I don't want to, I know this is going to sound a little bit cheesy, but it was the pursuit of knowledge. I know that sounds very cliche and <laughs> something you hear out of the brochure of many places, of many like universities or institutions that, you know, come pursue knowledge over here. But like <laughs> sincerely for me, <laughs> like sincerely for me, I what really motivated me is when I get to learn new things. And again, I think this is why I've been able to to stick with transfer pricing because it's an ever-changing field um, with ever-changing topics or new perspectives on different on top on different existing topics. That has been able to sort of ground me and to like keep me uh, motivated to finding out more about this field. So like I found that my times where I question myself the most in my career is when I'm doing a lot of repetitive work, the same kinds of work. So let's say if I am only doing like um, one aspect of documentation preparation, that is when I'll find that, okay, this is getting a little bit repetitive. I know this, I'm kind of solidified in this. What else? What else is out there? And luckily enough, uh, they have, I've been afforded the opportunity to work on different engagement and tasks that look different from each other. And I guess that's what has kept me um, 
kept me in the field or in the space that I am, that I'm still in. And luckily enough, like, you know, just with the progression that happens, the, 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 the things that I work on, the new things that I work on, they just interest me a lot. And I want to, of course, thrive in everything that I, 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 I do that I, I want to, you know, take everything seriously that I do. I don't take things for granted. And luckily enough, it has afforded me the opportunity to be able to progress within the field and to get to do more work. So I guess, again, not to be cheesy or corny <laughs> or anything, but the pursuit of knowledge is what keeps me motivated within this field. Yeah, no, I, I actually really like that. Um, because I think what I'm getting from you as well is like, you really need to take ownership of your career, of where, of how you want your how you want to grow yourself and it, it could be for example like you're saying you know just the knowledge like the constant knowledge grabbing or it could be like you know you want to i don't know become a ma become a manager for example to for one two three it's like just knowing what what's your motivator um and i think that will keep you grounded and you know on that path as you as you develop um, so I think that's, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> so moving on from there, what, what advice would you give to someone looking to move into this transfer pricing area? I, I, this could be, I guess, a graduate entering the market, entering the job market rather, or, or an already established professional, I guess, looking to make a career change. Um, what advice would you give them before entering into, into this field? Into this field, yeah. Um, my my two cents advice. <laughs> um, you know, again, my advice is just the perspective of one person. But of course, I'm happy to to add to it or like you know to give my 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 views on it or my advice. Um, so I would just say like before coming into transfer pricing or when you come into transfer pricing, have an open mind. And what I mean by that is that don't be too prejudiced or boxed in by your prior knowledge with whatever field you're coming from don't um don't don't, don't um sort of just have a a one-way view of how to do things be very open to the fact of learning different ways of looking mm. at things or different perspectives because again transfer pricing in its nature is a multidisciplinary subject if we, if we could call it that you know yeah. it's not purely tax it's not purely economics it's not purely legal so i always just my, my advice you know when i speak to different people and also when i just think to myself is to say don't be too don't, um, don't be too stuck in, in you know your old ways and what i mean by old ways whatever background you're coming from mm. and don't be intimidated by the fact of not having prior transfer pricing knowledge. Um, as far as I know, there are very few institutions that say, here, we're teaching you transfer pricing knowledge. Here's a degree in transfer pricing knowledge. Like, you know, that's not something that that is very common. So most people who have entered into this field come, you know, are also really brand new to transfer pricing and have been able to, to succeed in there. So I always say to people, if you do have an interest in it, if you feel like this is something that aligns to your interest, this is something that you do want to pursue, I 100% encourage people to 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 go on with this, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's a really cool field. Um, again, there's so much to learn in there. Like every day will be a new experience. I'm not exaggerating when saying that because of yeah. the different types of works that you'll be able to do. And again, don't, um, don't feel too overwhelmed if you think that um, you're not getting a grip of things. It takes time to become comfortable with like, you know, um, how processes and how 
different like transfer pricing methodologies and 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 um and, and processes work within the field like it, it takes time but you will get there <laughs> you'll get there just mm -hmm. just you know if you have that interest like just be very intentional about reminding yourself why you're doing this and you will get to a point where you feel comfortable in the field and it can take months it can take years you know it's again it's not a one one size fits all approach um but yeah it's a fun field if i do say so myself um it's <laughs> it's a fun field of tax um there's a lot of awesome developments happening especially lately i feel like transfer pricing is a really it's a growing field um, in multiple jurisdictions, not only in South Africa, but this is something that we see globally. And I think that's another cool thing about transfer pricing is that by its nature, it's a multinational sort of disciplinary um, discipline. Sorry. So I think that also keeps things um, exciting. If you don't want to look at transfer pricing developments within your own jurisdiction, you can easily do research in another one and that will be just as fun. I promise. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's actually very true. Um, I think transfer pricing is like global, right? Um, you're not limited to, let's say, transfer pricing in South Africa. Each country has its own transfer pricing landscape. So I think for anybody entering it, into it, it's the depth of knowledge that you'll get. True. So true. <laughs> so I'm going to step away from all the professional questions. <laughs> give you a break from that now um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's say you didn't have to work right and you had like tons of money in your bank account what would you be doing <laughs> oh i dream about this i wish this would become a reality <laughs> no but i I, I really do think if I had unlimited amounts of money and I didn't have to work as much as I love transfer pricing, I would quit my job on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, <laughs> I would quit my job on the spot. And one thing that I would do, one of the first things that I would do is to buy a plane ticket and to travel the world. I am, I'm, I really love traveling. I love um, seeing um, different, like, you know different places in the world and getting different perspectives from what i know i think i've always been a curious even when i was young i was just sort of curious at what was beyond you know the place that i lived in and i think that travel bug is still very much so alive within me mm. so the first thing i would do would be to like get on a plane and to just travel any and everywhere around the world um but sort of after that slash during that one thing that i also love to do is just to like you know learn about different um um like different di different like cultures and and countries and stuff so like how what i imagine would be like you know spending months in a particular country and just immersing myself in life over there like you know living uh living in whatever city and mm. just like even trying to like learn the language and stuff like that of course i won't be super proficient in just <laughs> a month of living there but you know just immersing myself in those cultures that's something that in the basics yes yes exactly that that is something that i would do 
uh, if I had all the money in the world. And, you know, from time to time, I think I would try to get onto some like uh, theater productions. I mean, I haven't done that in, in years and years, but I'm just now daydreaming about like, what would I do within my free time? Because as much as I would love to relax, I'm also someone who who likes to have tasks, like a to-do list, you know? Um, yeah. Again, it's the, it's, I think it's that thing of always wanting to be productive. And I imagine myself within my travels, just trying to immerse myself in different sort of activities um you know the most random activities um one random fact about myself is that like you know in university i had a handful of odd jobs um and that was something i really liked doing just to keep me like occupied and i could see myself doing that if i had all the time in the world i would like you know <laughs> sort of just do like any short-term odd jobs while doing my travels and immersing myself in in in, in countries you know so yeah. that's you know some cool stuff stuff that I would imagine myself doing you know um oh, also again cool. keeping myself preoccupied yeah yeah wow I feel like traveling will be just such a nice eye-opener as well right just the different cultures the different foods yeah that will be the dream life just to wake up and she decide which country are you traveling be the... to today right what job am I doing today what country am I on well, I don't even call it job let's call it task what task am I doing today and what country <laughs> will I be going to today that's ah uh, if I could do that for the next 20 years I think I'd have a very fulfilling life <laughs> yeah, well, that's the aim I feel like that's my the ultimate goal is just just be fulfilled in life um regardless of what you're doing it's just to have that fulfillment true so true Laz, i mean thank you so much i feel like this has been such a insightful conversation and i really enjoyed really enjoyed talking to you but before i let you go i'm going to put you on the spot and ask you one question um this is something i ask all the guests that come on <laughs> so it's not too scary i promise yes yes <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I'm ready. Um, so if you had to use one word to describe your journey so far, what would it be? And of course, your journey to come. What is one word? I guess two words. One word for your journey so far and one word for your journey to come going mm -hmm. forward. Mm. Uh, so for the former, I think that it has been transformative mm. for my journey so far it's been transformative um I, I don't know if I should elaborate on that but um I think that mm. that word I think does capture you know sort of my experience so far I think I came into this uh, came into the working environment really wet behind the ears in that like I was terrified and nervous and just felt like you know just a number in a huge system you know yeah. but now I feel like I am I I feel like my individuality come out um within my work I feel that I uh, my individuality is also valued in my work and that whole process has just been really transformative mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm a very different person besides just like the skills and knowledge I've gained from working but rather like you know me as my as a person yes. I feel like I have uh, I've come out of my cocoon in many ways and I think transformative really does capture you know the five and a half years that I have that I've gone through oh, wow. um mm. yeah um in terms of 
what's one word that I could describe, um, you know, my, my future, um, you know, uh, I think it is, um, I guess the word exciting, I feel like I could come up with a better word, but for right now, I want to say exciting, um, in that I am just looking forward to what what else is like you know what 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 can the future like you know give me i think that you know the past if i look at the past five years and just see what has what that has given me i have so much to look forward to into the future i have so much to be excited about i think that you know if i've transformed so much just right now with the way that my career is going and the way that transfer pricing is going i believe that you know there's there's just so much that can be offered out there for me so I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Um, and I must add, like, I'm so proud of you for, like I said earlier, like having witnessed your, your development and, you know, how you've, how you've grown so much. It's really something really amazing to see. And I wish you all the best going forward. And I'm sure you'll achieve amazing things. Um, yeah, just keep, keep going. Uh, thank you so much, Leila. Thank you so much. I really, I really do appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go for real now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think once again, thank you so much for, for joining me on my podcast. And yeah, it's been, it's been awesome chatting with you. Oh, thanks so much, Leila. And thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast. I had so much fun just chatting with you. Like it just, yeah, I think it, it flowed just so nicely. And like, I don't know, I, I, I was like, as we were speaking, I got more excited about it. And it's also just been really cool to be able to reflect on, you know, I guess my journey, my career so far. Uh, thank you so much. I really, I really do appreciate that. <laughs>